going to be a great week. I'm looking forward to it. I heard a couple people, Doug. It is going to be a great week. Man, we get to serve the Lord with gladness and joy. We're going to talk about that. We sang about it. We're going to talk about it. We get to serve the Lord with gladness and joy. We get to serve our community. We get to worship our Lord and Savior every night together as a church family. We get to hear a word from Him nightly. Man, what an amazing God we serve. And I just look forward to see what He's going to do to rehabilitate our lives. And just start with us, Lord. Start with us. I want to ask if you're serving in Project Faith Works, would you stand, please? If you're serving this week in Project Faith Works, I want you to stand. I'm going to pray for you this morning. All right. Hey, thank you for your service unto the Lord. Again, may he pour out his rich blessings upon each and every one of you. Let's pray this morning. Father, we come in the name of Jesus, Lord, the name above all names, the, the name that only by which man can be saved. That's the name we call upon today. That's the power that we call upon today. And I just pray, God, your anointing for the purpose that you have for each of these people this week. God, to serve you in joy and gladness, to work hard, to honor you in all that they do. God, as we just sang from our heart to do, may they do that this week. God, may you transform all of us into what you have for us, not just this group, but all of us. God, may it have impact in those homeowners' lives to know that people just took a week out of their life to serve them and to show them the love of Jesus. God, may we always do that and not just this week. God, I pray safety upon every group that's out there. There would, there would be no injuries this week with any of our people. And God, more than anything, give them a heart. Give them a heart to serve you. Give them a passion to know you more. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Hebrews chapter 12. I think we're going to finish the chapter. We're still running the race with endurance, right, that God has set before us. And Thursday afternoon, when it's about 105, and you're out there, God bless you to run that race with endurance, and you're on that roof with 20 kids banging on nails and your head is exploding and you're tired and worn out just remember this you're serving the Lord with, with the Lord with joy and gladness in your heart remember that <coughs> because along about that time sometimes the joy and gladness turns to frustration I've been out there just this one a time or two as a matter of fact, last year I got a call on Wednesday afternoon. I think it was, or maybe Thursday morning. Hey, Daryl, uh, we got a crew out here. Could you go talk with them? I said, sure, I can go chat with them. I'll pray with them. And I did. I left the crew and uh, called Sherry and said, Sherry, I got to go change clothes. The crew needs a little help. They need a little guidance. They need a little leadership. So I worked a paint crew the last two days last year. So if I get that call again, Madison, I'll be happy to answer that call. <laughs> Hopefully that won't happen. But the kids were awesome. We got finished with the painting, and the homeowner loved it. You know, So there is no job too small or no job too big. If you're serving in any capacity, whether it be the kitchen, you're running, 
uh, whatever the case may be, it's going to be an awesome week. I look forward to it. We're going to be in Hebrews chapter 12, starting in verse 18 through 29 today. Let me get this over here where I can see it well and read it. For you have not come to the mountain that you may be touched and burned with fire into the blackness of darkness and tempest, and the sound of a trumpet and the voice of the words, so that those who heard it begged that the words should not be spoken to them anymore. For they could not endure what was commanded. And as so much as a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned or shot with an arrow. And so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I am exceedingly afraid and trembling. But you have come to Mount Zion, unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and a numeral company of angels. The general assembly of the church of the firstborn are registered in heaven. Amen. And to the God of the judge all, to the spirits of just men made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood sprinkling that speaks better than that of Abel. See that you do not refuse him who speaks. For if they did not escape who refused him who spoke on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven whose voice then shook the earth, but now has promised, saying, Yet once again I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now this yet once more indicates that the removal of these things are being shaken, and as the things that are made, and the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably, and with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. And Father God, we just come this morning, we praise you for your word, Lord, and may it be impactful in our lives, may we understand it, may we learn it, and may we live it. And we pray it in Jesus' name, amen. All right, here's what's happening now. The writer of Hebrews, likely Paul, there's some disagreement on that, but generally speaking, Paul is seen as the author, but... There is some that say that may not be, and uh, I think the bigger part is, is it's in the Word of God. It's part of the inspired Word of God at the end of the day. So whomever wrote it, you know, wrote it through the Holy Spirit of God, and it applies to us today, even though they, they, they argue a little bit over who actually wrote it. You understand, he's speaking to the Jewish people, all right, about the giving of the law of Moses on Mount Sinai. That's what verse 18 through 21 is talking about is the giving of the law, and when that happened, and all that happened when that did, it was, you'll see it in Exodus 20, 18 through 21, it said the people were afraid of God's presence. That's the caption over it. And I thought, my gosh, we're, we really were afraid of God's presence? But here's what it said in Exodus. Now all the people witnessed the thunderings, what we just talked about, the lightning flashes, the sound of the trumpet, and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they trembled and stood afar. And they said to Moses, You speak with us, we will hear you, but let not God speak to us, lest we die. And Moses said to the people, Do not fear, for God has come to test you, and that he, his fear may be before you, so that you may not sin. Some people stood afar off, but Moses drew near in the thick darkness where God was. 
I look at that, and that's the people were afraid of the presence of God. I'm afraid there's too many Christian people today afraid of the presence of God in our lives. Because where the presence of God is, there'll be change in your life. And where there's change in your life, you may not personally always like the change that God's making in your life. He may be getting rid of some of our bad habits that we have and replacing them with His Spirit. Psalm 139.7 says, Where I go from your Spirit, or where can I flee from your presence? You can't. You can't flee from the presence of God. Because where you leave, He's there. And where you go, He is there. He is with you, lo, always, till the end. You can't get out of the presence of God. You can get out of the sight of your husband or your wife or your friends and think you can do the things that you want to do. But the truth is, God sees everything we do. Now, I don't want us to run away from the presence of God. I want us to be like Moses. We want to run to the presence of God. I need conviction in my life. I need transforming in my life. I need change in my life. And I know the presence of God does that. And I know if he does it for me, he'll do it for you. So when you get up and you get into the presence of God, move closer into the presence of God. Don't run from it. When he, that still small voice is speaking to you, don't run from that voice. Listen to that voice. It's the Holy Spirit of God speaking into your life the things that he has for you. He does it through his word. He does it through worship. How many times have you just been worshiping and worshiping? You can be by yourself in your car, in your home, and you're just playing worship music, and your heart is starting to transform, and you find yourself maybe on your knees in prayer. Maybe you find yourself uh, start crying over the things of your life that aren't pleasing to God. Man, that's when real transformation in your life happens. It happens usually with me. I'm by myself most of the time when those things happen. I went home Wednesday night. I'm going to tell you all this. I went home Wednesday night after we have our meeting about the church. I'm so excited, you know, of what God has for us. And I just sit there, and I'm talking to Sherry, and I just can't help. I'm crying like a baby. Maybe I shouldn't tell you all that, you know, but I did. I couldn't even talk to her, you know. I was so overwhelmed by God that I couldn't even talk about what he was doing and amazed at what he is doing. And I just sat there and thought about what God has done. And then I get to thinking about what he's going to do. I told her, I said, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm 58 years old. The easy thing for me to do would just be stay right here and stay content and stay easy. You know, keep it like this. <laughs> I know, and I know that. But too many times, and that's what excited me so, because there was a lot of people older than me here, and I saw such excitement in that group of people. I didn't see fear. 
I didn't see worry. I saw excitement of what God is doing and what he's going to do. And it, it just it literally did. When I got to thinking about it, the presence of God and, and, and all that he's doing overwhelmed me. I told Sherry, it's just part of, it's just part of the way God made I'm kind of restless. You know, I get restless. And it's just the way God made me. And uh, it, it was so exciting to see that. I just want us to move in to the presence of God because I know that when we do, great things are going to happen in our lives. You know, and as a church, I want us to move into the presence of God and just see what he's going to do. Sit and watch him work. Sit and watch him change us. Sit and watch him mold us and make us into what he wants as opposed to what we want. Because it would be easy. It's not just me. Uh, a lot of the elders are, are around my age. Some of them are older. We got 160. We won't name it, will we, Kelvin? <laughs> but it would be. I, I kid. I love Kelvin. And, uh, you know, he's one of the first ones, you know, let's do more. What's he thinking about? What's Kelvin thinking about? I tell you, he's thinking about getting kids saved. That's why he drives a trolley. That's why he goes over there in Iwana and listens to those kids because he's thinking about getting kids saved. He goes, how else are they going to, if they don't come to church, how else are they going to know things of the Lord? If they don't move into the presence of God, how else are they going to find about those things of the Lord? Psalm 1611 says, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is the fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasure forevermore. We sang about that this morning. There was no coincidences in our song this morning. Our service was set up. I'm sitting there singing the songs, and I'm thinking, hey, that's the point in the sermon. I'm singing the song, oh, that's another one. And I'm just praising the Lord and singing unto him and thinking, the Lord's been talking to Justin to lay out the song service because that's what we're talking about, you know, moving into the presence of God. Revelation 21.3. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be their God. Hallelujah. Is that not great? He meets us wherever we are. He is our God. We are his people. Woo, what an amazing God we serve. To know today that you're a child of the living King. I don't know about y'all, but that brings great joy to me. It brings great, great joy to me to know that my daddy is the God of the universe and that he reached down and he touched me and changed me just like he did y'all. And oh, how he loves us. Man, let's move into the presence of God. The second thing I thought about in reading this then it goes on in verse 22 through 24. It talks about the firstborn. Now here, a lot of times in Scripture, the firstborn is referring to Jesus in, in Scripture. But in this particular instant, it's talking about those who have come to know Jesus Christ. Being born again is what it's talking about in this particular text. The firstborn were those who were born again. 
that it's speaking to directly there. So it's speaking directly to us born-again people today. The Word of God is speaking directly to us today. And it tells them that you have come to Mount Zion, a city of the living God, of heavenly Jerusalem, a numerous company of angels, the general assembly of the church, of the firstborn that are registered in heaven. That's where you've come today. That's what he's talking about to the people. It says, therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. You see, there were a people in transition. You think about it for just a minute. These were Jewish people, all right? What were they used to doing? They were used to going to the temple. They were used to taking their sacrifice and laying it on the altar. You, this was just a part of their life. They were used to going to all the feasts that they had. And all of a sudden, because of they came to know Jesus Christ as their Savior, Everything changed for them. They couldn't any longer go to the temple. They didn't have to sacrifice, praise the Lord. We don't have to bring sacrifices up here today because what Jesus did, he made the ultimate sacrifice for us. Praise the Lord. Can you imagine the altar when they were sacrificing? Pretty messy place. I would imagine so. But their world was turned upside down. You see, they had their life changed completely. Matter of fact, Christians got kicked out of this area. All right? They were no longer allowed to go there. They wanted to continue on in the, in the feast, but they wouldn't let them. Just like us sometimes when we get born again. You see, when we get born again, Old things pass away and all things become new. That's in 2 Corinthians 5.17 is where that scripture comes from. You see, when you get born again, your life is radically changed, or it should be. Your ticket is punched to heaven at that time of what Christ has done, and you've accepted the sacrifice that he has for you. <coughs> but it should be a radical transformation in your life that lasts a lifetime. You understand that the relationship that you have with Christ isn't for a few months. It isn't for a season. It is for a lifetime. And that presence of God that we move into changes us along the way. The word of God that we hear changes us along the way. Those around us that influence us in the name of Christ influence us, help us change in the name of Jesus. You see, we should be a people always in transition we should be better today than we were yesterday we should be learning more every time you go to church every time you go to Sunday school every time you pick up your Bible it's revelation to you every time you see they were a people going through trans transition just as we should be and the reality of that transition is this. There's a better life for us. There's a better life for each and every one of us in the name of Jesus. Amen. He has a better way. If we'll follow what he has for us. 
You see, if we don't ever get into the presence of God, if we're like the people there and run from the presence of God as they did in Exodus and said, Moses, you go up. It's kind of like telling, well, preacher, that's your job. You go. No. It's our job to serve the Lord. It's not my job. Not completely. That is part of my responsibility, but that's my personal responsibility to the Lord, not to the church. I serve him with joy and gladness in my heart because that's what he has for me. There's a better way of life. You see, at salvation, we got a new heart. That's just the beginning. Don't ever stop listening or willingly want to change. The next thing is God is still speaking. Just as he was speaking then, God is still speaking to us today. Romans 6, 16 through 18 says, Do you not know that to whom you present yourself slaves to obey? You are the one slave whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or the obedience leading to righteousness. But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you observed from the heart that formed the doctrine to which you were delivered, having been set free from sin, you become slaves of righteousness. You see, God is speaking to us today. We were slaves to sin before that transition took place in our life, and now we're slaves to righteousness. And we know we're only righteous through Jesus Christ, so the reality is you're a slave to Jesus Christ today. You should be a willing slave to Jesus Christ today. Amen? God is still speaking today. Are you listening? Are you listening today? Did you go to Sunday school this morning? If I had lunch with you this afternoon, could you tell me what your teacher talked about in Sunday school this morning? <laughs> Always like that. You take your kids home, right? What did you learn today? I don't know, nothing. I think, I think they get that from their, their parents. You go to lunch? What would you learn today? Uh, I don't know. Nothing. You know, preacher's up there, yeah, 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 you know. But we laugh about that. They do. I think my kids never learned anything. All those years, through school and everything. Did you learn anything new today? No. That's us sometimes. Long about Tuesday. What did the preacher talk about last week? I wondered how, if I could preach the same sermon week after week after week, I wonder how long it'd take anybody to notice. <laughs> I've thought about that. Just hey, I think I'll just roll out last week's sermon again. See if anybody notices. At the end of the third week, I get one person coming to me. How long are you going to preach that until we get it? I said, I got, I, uh, before Rick Smith taught, he came and preached that, that Sunday about being all in. And I, when I told the others, I said, hey, it's a pretty good idea. And they said, one of them, I don't remember who it was, said, haven't we heard that before? And I said, yes, we have, but we're slow learners. That's why scripture tells us over and over again things. We're slow learners. And the reality is this is what we do. 
talks about it in 2 Timothy 4.3. For there a time will come where they will not endure sound doctrine. But according to their own desires, because they have itchy ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. Man, in no time that I see is that more true than today. People want to hear what they want to hear. They're not interested in the truth. You know, I really believe that's why the church isn't full, and I'm talking about not just our church, the church at large. Really, uh, as many people as in Springtown in our, in our area, every church ought to be overflowing and people lined up around the walls at every church. If just the people that said they were Christians came. I'm not talking about lost people. If just the people that said they were Christians went to church that professed a love for God, wouldn't have enough room here or anywhere else if just the people that said they were Christians came. Think about that for a minute. Why do you want to lay out a church? Why do you want to stay away? Because the presence of God is there. You see, because when you get there, there may be some transition in your life. When you get there, God is still speaking. See, outside of that, I can just be a moan, oh, God is love, everything's great, it's peachy, you know, and you don't have that conviction. You don't have that transformation. You live life on your terms as opposed to God's terms. And I think that's what happens too many times. They heap up for themselves teachers and others who agree with them. Yeah, that's good. I don't have to go to church not what the word of God says. Do not forget the assembling of ourselves together so much more in the latter day. That's from the word of God. You might not like me saying that. I don't really worry about that. Those who don't go to church don't like me saying it because I've told it to a few of them. They didn't like it. I say, hey, that's what the word of God says. Don't get mad at me. Verse 27 through 29 really goes back to what Brent talked about last week, that chief cornerstone. That chief cornerstone. If that thing is set, then we won't be shaken. You see, now this, yet once more, indicates the removal of things that are being shaken and of those things that are made, those things which cannot be shaken may remain. You see, if that cornerstone that Brent talked about last week if, our, if we're built on that cornerstone, then we won't be shaken. But when it's not, when trials come our way and, and waves of things happening that aren't good come our way, we have nothing to stand on. We're just on sinking ground. You see, we have to put our roots down. And if we put our roots down, then we'll be solid foundation we had to put our roots down in the name of jesus not in the name of this world psalm 62 6 says he is my rock and my salvation he is my defense and i shall not be moved do you claim him today as your salvation do you claim him today as your defense do you claim him today as your rock if you do you won't be shaken you won't be moved when something comes your way you won't be knocked down you might be a little battered, you might be a little torn, but you'll remain standing. You know, I have a 
I have a tree I planted. I've told you all this. There'll be sticks here. I planted it 13 years ago. That thing is that big around now. It's taller than my house. Got limbs everywhere. Provides shade. It's really a pretty tree. Why is that? Because those roots are going down. And I'm, I'm a really smart man. What do I do? I plant, plant St. Augustine grass because of that shade. It likes shade, right? But what does St. Augustine grass do in the winter? Yeah, a lot of it will die. So by playing that, I'll turn around the next uh, every spring and have to get me a little more. So I have to spend some more money. It makes me a real smart man. But it sure is pretty grass. And I sure like to walk across it. But every winter, I go back out there and look at some of it. Doesn't make it back on the spring. A few things happen. You know, bad weather hits it. It gets root rot real easy. Bugs get infested in there. Affects it way more than it does other grass. Why is that? Has no root system. You see, it just goes below the surface just a bit. You can go out there underneath that pretty tree of mine in my front yard and you'll find dead grass. That's what you'll find. Why is that? Because this winter, when it got a little adversity, it crashed and burned. That's Christians without roots. That's the same for us. When that root is not deep, when we're not grounded, when there comes a little adversity our way, we run from the Lord rather than to Him. That's just the reality. I've seen it too many times. And then we're shaken. Why is that? Because is, is God really our rock? Is he really our salvation? Is he really our fortress? Is he really our defense? Is he really? Or we just say those words because they sound good. And because at one time in our life we said a little prayer, Jesus come into my heart. It's a great prayer to say. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not knocking it. That, that is not it. But that's just the beginning. That's just the beginning. Then you sink those roots down. Too many times we're like that pretty St. Augustine grass. We clean up on the outside, get us some new duds, come to church and look really good. But our roots, you can scratch the surface and there's no root there. What's our challenge? Put your roots down, people. Put your, put your roots down in the Word of God. Here it is. Put your roots down right here. Build that foundation strong on that cornerstone that Brent talked about last week. And sink those roots deep. Then the last thing is we're going to serve the Lord with gladness and joy. And we're going to do it with grace. You know, I talk about grace all the time because I love grace. You know, I don't live under the law. We talked about that. Under the law, the people were afraid of God. Moses, you go up. We'll stay down here. That's what the people said, right? You, it's, it's pretty crazy up there. They're getting a little excited, kind of like church. When Thomas got a little excited, praise the Lord for that, because he got a little excited. You already seen it. He was so right yesterday, and the, that choir was up here playing. Man, my foot was tapping, and I was, you know, doing a little of this. I just wanted to sing along, but I didn't. But uh, we're, and it was a funeral. But let me tell you, my funeral better be fun, because I'm in heaven. It's a great day. If you know Jesus, it's a great day. Let's just be real clear on that. And there should be some celebration of that. 
you pass from this life to the next. You ought to be doing some celebrating. You ought to be clapping. And when, they, when the people fa- pass in front of the casket, they sing, oh, happy day the whole time. I'm down here, my, my foot's a tapping. You ought to see Madison a while ago. His foot was tapping. I mean, for Madison, that was like, whoa. I mean, here, I'm, I'm not going to lie here. Madison. Holy cow. I told Sherry, look at Madison's foot. <laughs> yes, absolutely. That was a blowout, baby. <laughs> I love Madison. He, he keeps sitting down here at the front every week. I can see his foot is tapping. But, boy, I tell you what, my foot was tapping. Why is that? I just get to moving. Because I get excited about God. That's the deal. I always like Todd said, he said, inside I'm leaping for joy. He said, my face just doesn't show it. He used to tell me that. He said, but inside I'm leaping for joy. Madison, inside's leaping for joy. Today, let his foot tap. Outside, showing he was leaping for joy. You know, grace. Grace is unmerited favor from God that we should pass along to each other. Give them a little grace. Show them a little grace. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace. And what do we do with that grace? By which we may serve God acceptably and with reverence and godly fear. Philippians 2, 13 through 15 says this, For it is God who works in both, in you both, to will and to do his good pleasure. Do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. Do everything without complaining. And Hey, remember that scripture this week <laughs> about, about Thursday afternoon. You might want to write that one down if you're a crew chief or an encourager. That's in Philippians. Do all things. Philippians 2.14. Do all things without complaining or murmuring. You might need that scripture this week when you're a little tired. And it's 105 and you're on the roof. Why is that? That you may be blameless, harmless children of God in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. And do it. Serve our God with joy and gladness. Do you know how much of an honor it is to get to serve our Lord? I'm going to tell you all something. There's, there's little coincidences in God. You know, I started preaching this about six weeks ago. Never knowing it was going to take. I didn't sit down one day and go, this is going to be four sermons. I just started reading it and let God speak to me. Brent spoke in the middle of all that. Great sermon last week, by the way. Great job. And then here we are at the end of this one, and we're serving our God with with joy and with gladness. And what are we starting this afternoon in the season? A project that we're going to serve the Lord with gladness and joy in our heart. And we're going to do it without complaining, We're going to do it without 
murmuring. We're going to do it in reverent fear of our God, honoring Him in all that we do. You see, God knew when we started this, and it was really tied to the Iwana Grand Prix, if you'll remember, to run the race with endurance is where we started. As I thought about that Iwana Grand Prix and doing that, the, the Lord laid it on my heart, that, that's where I went. And then as, as I just kept reading and, and, and learning and getting ready to, to teach and to preach, this is where it ended up. On the Sunday that we start Project FaithWorks. Pretty cool. I thought about that last night as I was rereading the lesson. That how awesome is our God that he laid this out just that way. Just remember a few things. Enjoy the presence of God. Enjoy it. Embrace it. Embrace the presence of God. Remember, we're a people of transition. We should always be in a deeper transition with the Lord. Build those roots deep in the Lord and serve Him with gladness and joy and with grace to other people. You know, as you work this week out there on those jobs, somebody might make you mad. You might not be happy the whole time you're out there working. That's where grace comes in. Put your arm around them. Tell them how much you love them. Now let's get going in the Lord. And let's serve him with joy and gladness in our hearts. And let's don't do that just this week. Let's do that every day of our life. Every day of our lives, we get to serve the Lord. I tell, I've said this in the office hundreds of times. I can't, I, Brent can attest to it. Sean can attest to it. I said, man, we get to serve the Lord. You believe, do you believe we, we got these jobs? The Lord has let us do this. Do you even believe that? Do you know how lucky we are? Do you know how blessed we are to get to have this? We get to do this. It's amazing. But we all get to serve the Lord every day, wherever he has us. So let's do it with joy and gladness. Let's pray. Lord God, we just want to say how much we love you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for what it means to all of us, and I thank you for what it shows us into how to live our lives. And God, as we go throughout, not only this week, but as we go throughout our life, may we truly live your word. May we want to seek your word. May we want to seek your presence in our life, that your will would be done in us and not our own. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm -hmm.